I'm Ariel Azor, host of Right This Way, and today we're going to talk about the left's feminist agenda. So I've talked about feminism before. It's actually episode one, uh, season one, my very first episode, and I, you know, was just getting into the swing of things, learning kind of how I wanted to do this, and that was like my absolute first podcast. If you saw that, if you've been here the whole time, thank you. But I'm going to talk more today, less in general, and more about things that have just been happening with like very recent in the last few weeks and things that are real progressive liberal policies rather than just social ideologies. Cause you know, I mean, when I first talked about this, it was why I don't adhere to these social ideologies. Whereas now with the Biden Harris administration, we're seeing, I think some really, really, liberal social policies being turned into actual laws. And so the, you know, the, the problem with that is that if you're really far on one side or the other, it's often kind of rare that those really far-fetched ideas are going to bleed into actual laws, actual legislation. I think we're going to see a lot of things change in that way, um, in that sense, because it is just such a liberal administration. Kamala Harris, first female VP, you would think, what a great time for feminism, for women is so great. We have a female in the White House. Uh, you know, I think, I don't care, right, personally, I really don't care. If it's a woman or a man, whoever's right for this job, whoever's going to do a great job of it. Same thing with every single job on the planet. If you can do the job, I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your skin color. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't. It doesn't. Um, but the funny thing is, to the left, it does. And just because you're a woman, you're going to be a champion for women's rights, and you know everything about women. And I think that's, like, hilarious to think that about Kamala Harris because she should. She should know that these policies and, and you know, a lot of these things are not actually ideal for women, are not actually helpful to women, but she doesn't. So first, we're going to talk about Kamala's uh, White House entrance and, and how great she is for women because, you know, the people chose her and they just really wanted her in, to be the vice president and probably the president when Biden can't anymore. Oh, wait. No, they don't. They didn't vote for her. They voted for Joe Biden. And before that, in, in the primaries, before she was chosen for vice president, no one was voting for her. Remember that? Because I do. Kamala was pulling at 2%. No one was choosing her. Nobody wanted her as president. And I think it's funny that then, you know, she's attacking Joe on the debate stage. He's attacking her. And then, you know, a couple months later, they're all like buddy-buddy and they're going to work together and change the world for the better. I think that's interesting. I think actually being voted for, actually being chosen by the people, I think is different than being chosen by Joe Biden's team, the people who are calling the shots. Um, because again, she's not chosen by the people. She was pulling at 2% in the primaries. So she, you know, that's not really that great of an accomplishment. I think it's kind of funny that we have, that we have to celebrate that so much. Isn't that kind of contradictory that we're going to celebrate first woman in the white house and she didn't actually make it in the White House by the people's choice. Um, I guess you could argue that they did vote for her because, you know, they voted for Joe Biden. They knew that she would be VP. But at the same time, again, I mean, she's pulling in 2% out of the Democratic candidates. So 
chosen like chosen because they love you and think you are the best person for the job and chosen because you are the only person for the job is different. Again, you know, the the very beginning of like the entrance to this administration was women so great and now it's just kind of like yeah, but is it really? I mean, you know, and then when we go into policies and look at like some of the things that they're doing again, is it so great? This is directly from whitehouse.gov and this is just researching one of Biden's executive orders. And basically, I'll just read it to you word for word. Executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Again, that's from whitehouse.gov. You can go look at that. You can research it more. There's a, a whole text of what it says. But the gist of it, from what I understand, is that, you know, for starters, we're going to have men biological men who simply identify as women competing in sports with women. And what this executive order does is it makes it law. So it's, it's discrimination and it's against the law. If you do not allow a biological man to compete with biological women simply because he calls himself a woman. I bring this up and I, you know, I say this is on Kamala Harris because Joe Biden, like, I understand it's his signature on this. He's the one signing this, but Again, if we're going to say vice president, such a big accomplishment, hey, let's actually do something, right? Pay attention to what he's doing. You guys do need to work together, whether you like each other or not. Because again, I mean, I know they pretend they do, but they did not like each other in the primaries. And we saw that on the debate stage. I don't know if people just forgot that or if they just don't care. But, you know, I don't think they agree. Kamala Harris was evaluated as the most liberal senator based on her policies. I don't think that's something to overlook, but I don't think it's very surprising when we go and look at these things, right? Because again, if Biden's trying to do this, Kamala as a woman should say, hey, that's not okay, that's not right, right? But she's so liberal and she comes to her White House position with these liberal ideologies, but so far left that, again, like I said earlier, it's, it's bleeding into legislation. And so that we see that here because, again, this shouldn't be federal law that you have to allow transgender people to compete in sports that are, you know, of a different gender than they were born as. Because there's so many issues with that, right? As a Christian school, which you know, I know isn't every school, but a Christian school, private school, things like that, for religious reasons, you're not really going to want to adhere to that more than likely, I mean, some very progressive ones might, I don't, I don't know, but you know, that's just one example there of an exception. Now looking at the actual implications of this, right? Um, I mean, I understand it's, it's unlikely that a boy is just going to pretend to be transgender so he can go in the girl's locker room. I, I totally get that. But I mean, it basically ruins women's sports. Um, if this is, if this is going to bleed into the Olympics and, you know, different things, college level, high school level, women are never going to win. And again, this is why I was talking about my feminist, uh, my feminist episode earlier, Men and women are biologically different. I've said it before, I will say it again. The words equality and sameness are not actually synonymous. I don't think I need to explain that to most people. I probably shouldn't, but in, you know, in case I do, women don't have the same like biological makeup that men have. Men are just built different. You know, they, they're stronger naturally. Typically are some women stronger than some men, of course, but you know, generally speaking, men are stronger than women. Generally speaking, women are a little bit more emotional or like, like literally the way that their brain works is different than men. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful. That's why men and women, you know, can work together. 
in so many great ways. So I would love to see that in the White House. But again, when our woman in the White House is this super liberal uh, person pushing for policies and advocating even not, you know, again, I know this isn't her signature on the executive order, but, you know, she's totally okay with all of these policies that are actually going to be super detrimental to women. Women's sports are basically over if men are allowed to compete in them, truthfully. And people have said this time and time again, uh, it's been a big debate. But we'll keep moving forward with that executive order. What else is in it? Men, biological men who identify as biological women can go into women's restrooms. Now, here's the thing about this. Again, I literally do not care. If you are actually transgender and you actually wear women's clothing, you know, you wear makeup or something or you wear long hair or something, if you look like a woman, like you're trying to be a woman, whether you actually were born one or not, I really don't care if you go in my bathroom. And I feel like so many people are kind of on the same page about that because again, I understand if society and culture are going to say, Hey, this is so okay. You're going to see more and more of it. Whereas before maybe, you know, the transgender person in target does not use the bathroom in target. Maybe they just, you know, go elsewhere or they find the family bathroom in the mall or something like that. Um, you know, it was different. I understand that it's not like it's never happened before. And that's the thing is like, I've never seen a transgender person in the bathroom with me that I knew about. And I don't really care. Go in whatever bathroom you look like, right? But when we make it legislation, when, you know, then you cannot be prosecuted. So if a peeping Tom creepy perv guy wants to go in the bathroom, the girl's bathroom at the mall where there's little girls or I mean, adults even, but still, but still, you know, pedophiles, any kind of like sexual predator ever, they literally have a free pass. That's, that's the problem because all he has to do is say, no, I identify as a woman. I'm in the right bathroom and you can't prosecute him. That's the problem with this sort of thing is again, like culturally speaking, do we generally accept that even though this might be a man or is clearly a man. He's literally dressed like a woman. He, you know, he speaks with like a higher voice. He purposely makes a point to be a woman or she, I don't know, but right. We generally accept that. Okay. That's nothing to worry about. Right. We generally accept that. And I, I think probably culturally at this point in time, we should, you know, it doesn't mean religiously on a moral standpoint, we agree with that necessarily, but I'm not going to make a scene and, you know, call somebody out because nothing really that bad is happening. Nothing's happening to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not in danger. But when we make actual legislation that forces police officers and mall security guards to be unable to say anything, to do anything about something that, I mean, like, you're literally putting children, women in danger. And I mean, the same goes, I mean, it's obviously a lot more unlikely in either of these cases that a grown woman is going to go into the men's restroom, you know, or just try to pretend it's unlikely, but I understand it happens. And, you know, I'm trying to be all inclusive here, but you know, we are talking about women because these things negatively affect women at a higher rate. I mean, it's just a fact. Kamala, where are you protecting women? Where do you care about women? Because you're not showing it right? We can pretend, oh, it's so great. You know, Kamala's so great. They're celebrating Kamala as the first woman. She is such a powerful woman. She is so, uh, such a good influence on young women. And I just think 
How can you look at these policies? I think so many people are so blinded and brainwashed by the political correctness of, hey, we have a woman in the White House. It's been, you know, we've never had one. So we really, we really need a woman in those top two positions. It's not president yet, but it will be soon. They're just so blinded by it's a woman, you know, like she can do no wrong because she's the first woman. She's going to be such a champion for women's rights, right? But Again, look at the policies. What is the best indicator of how you genuinely feel or you know what you genuinely believe as a legislator is the policies and the laws, the things that you are actually like putting into action right here. Again, you're allowing this to happen. I mean, I just feel like somebody with women's best interests at heart, are you really going to be, because you know, I've said this before too, you cannot be a transgenders have all the same like rights as everyone else. Cause I mean, I think that's debatable whether they don't have all the rights as everyone else right now. I would say that they do, but you can't say that they can have the same rights and you can be an actual feminist at the same time because transgender rights and things, they encroach on women's rights and women's equality where it does need to be, right? There's a reason sports are separated by gender. Because boys perform differently than girls. Because boys are able to do things girls cannot. They're stronger, faster. I mean, they just are. And, you know, it's, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's why we separate them. So girls have an actual chance at competing because obviously all these, you know, top people in the state, whatever, um, whatever level you're at and stuff too, they're going to be men. But when you separate those things, there's, and that, that's equality, right? You know, it's sameness if you put them all together and they all have to compete co-ed. It's equality if they're each able to compete at the same level. When we look at these policies, again, if you voted for Joe Biden, if you, you know, think Kamala Harris is so great for women, can you tell me why? Can you tell anybody why? If you voted for them, are you looking at these policies of these executive orders Joe Biden has signed more executive orders in his first week as president than any other president in history. If you're looking at these things and you're still thinking, wow, what a great decision I made voting for them. Do you have children? Do you have a wife? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have family? You know, I mean, are you a female? Like, tell me why you think these are still good things. Why you think this stuff is acceptable. Are you not worried for the future of your daughter, your, you know, any your children in school sport, sports, in the school locker room, in the bathroom? Are you not concerned? Do you not care? Where do you think these policies lead? If you've enjoyed this episode, you can give me a thumbs up on YouTube. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also check out my Instagram at write.this.way. Mm-hmm.